0: The Virtue of Male Aggression How World Harmony Depends on Men Connecting to Their Anger by Ruani Pagolo. My eyes were watering and my throat was choking up. I didn't want to cry in front of the other boys, but they probably already heard the sob in my voice when I told Jeffrey to sh-sh-shut, sh- be quiet. I was 8 years old. Jeffrey was 10. He just said he was going to have sex with my mom. I didn't really know what sex was. It meant kissing naked, right? But I knew this was bad. It felt bad. It felt so bad that even the other boys here in the basketball court were unsure if they should laugh. They were waiting to see how this would play out. Your mom's Chinese, right? I'm going to go get me some chow mein, Jeffrey said. She's f- f- Filipino. I-, I don't know why I answered. Even better, I'm going to get some, um, Philippine Rush, Jeffrey said and made a lewd gesture. This was 1997. WWF pro wrestlers had recently made the crotch chop a popular move amongst young boys in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, but not all of us really knew what it meant. ''Who's got the keys to my Philippine rush?'' Jeffrey said, botching Beanie Man's summer hit at my expense. ''You, you sh-sh-shut up,'' I said again. I knew it was a futile effort. I would already shown weakness. Jeffrey laughed. ''You know what I like better than Chinese food?'' Philippine food,'' he said, and began humping the air. My parents always told me to walk away from confrontations to tell a grown-up. I would have preferred to do that. Jeffrey was a head taller than me. I had never been in a fight. But something deep inside me said to walk away would be wrong with a capital W. "'Philippini, Philippini!' Jeffrey continued humping. I was more afraid than angry, afraid because I knew I had to do something. Deep inside me, I felt that if I walked away from this confrontation, it would hurt way worse than a punch in the nose. It would hurt my soul. "'Philippini, Philippini!' Jeffrey gestured an air penis with his hand. I walked up to him. "'Who got the keys to my Philippine? Pow!' The next thing I know, Jeffrey is holding a big red welt on his cheek. Apparently, I had picked up the basketball and smashed it in his face." Now we were both trying to hold back tears. We both ran in opposite directions to cry in the safety of our homes. In standing up for myself, I felt a strange new sensation that I never felt before. It didn't feel good necessarily, but on some primal level, it felt right. I felt powerful. Though it would be many years before I thought in such terms, it was the first time I had the visceral experience of feeling like a man. That incident stands, 22 years ago, as the only act of violence I've ever initiated in my life. I've looked back on and i often often thinking about, what the, about the feeling of what it meant. Why did violence feel so right? There's a lot of discussion now about toxicity and masculinity in terms of aggression, ranging from explicit physical violence to microaggressions of personality. But suppressing aggression in men doesn't solve the problem. It actually causes further harm in themselves and sometimes others. The best thing for both men in society is for men to understand their capacity for aggression. Men are not designed to necessarily be violent. Aggression is but one expression of the primal male impulse that I'll label the masculine instinct. The masculine instinct is to overcome an opposing force. In the incident I described above, I was not looking for a fight to prove myself. I didn't care about something as abstract as masculinity. But there was a loud feeling deep in my primal subconscious that said, you have to take action here. I'm not saying that my action of violence was right. With my current adult mind, I certainly would have acted differently. But my action did validate the instinct. It felt right because of thousands of generations of male programming that said, when threatened, you must respond. Now, that, of course, is not limited to biological males. In the animal kingdom, mothers defending their offspring actually exhibit the most ruthlessly violent behavior. But baseline aggression has a higher correlation with men. Violence in popular media does probably support the violence, violent instinct in men, but the whole reason that violence is condoned in most media in the 21st century is that for millennia, aggressive men tend to be better at survival. To understand the seeming error in male design, it helps to understand why men exist in the first place. The common understanding of sexual evolution in 30 seconds. In the beginning, there was only asexual species. They reproduced by replicating themselves, which meant offspring could at best be a slight mutation of the parent. Parasites put pressure on some species to evolve into more complex species. Some parasites also evolved, forcing further evolution. This is commonly known as red queen theory. At a certain point in evolution, it became effective for some species to reproduce by combining the best genetic data from two different parents. This meant the offspring could take the best of each parent and be even better at resisting parasites. Such, such species divide into two sexes. Those with large gametes, sex cells, that could be fertilized, also known as the female, and those with small modal gametes that could fertilize the female eggs, male. Some sexual species developed sexual dimorphism, meaning males and females were structurally much different, like gorillas. Other species exhibit little to no dimorphism, meaning males and females look the same, excluding their genitals, like chimpanzees. As function follows form, greater, divor- greater dimorphism means greater specialization in survival roles. Humans exhibit some sexual dimorphism, meaning typically, high, t- like for example, typically larger, higher muscle mass to total ratio in men. The male sex hormone, testosterone, correlates to male morphic traits and aggressive behavior. Exogenous testosterone is a banned substance in most sports because it enhances performance in physical competition. To survive in the wild meant battling the forces of nature. Men needed to be able to hunt food, build shelter, and defend the clan from predators and rival humans. A man who could overcome opposing forces was more useful to the group. He was more likely to ensure survival and produce offspring. In our post-agricultural world, most men no longer need such capacity for violence. We defer that function function to the military and law enforcement. There's rarely a justified reason for a civilian male to express violence. But that doesn't mean the instinct itself is wrong. It just needs to find the right expression. Healthy expression means contributing to group well-being. The hammer, the knife, electricity, all are tools that that can be used constructively or destructively. The masculine drive to conquer is no different. It just needs to find a healthy expression. Part of what drove me to write this article was witnessing a lot of shaming around the male instinct lately. Recent cultural discussion has been great for calling out negative expressions of the male instinct, but to shame the instinct itself is to abandon all male virtue. The same instinct to kill an intruder is the same instinct to assemble furniture is the same instinct to try to open that impossible jar of pickles for a woman while risking the humiliation of failure. Never has happened to me, I swear. But when a woman feels that his abilities are well when a man sorry when a man feels his abilities are well used and well appreciated, the primal part of his psyche activates that tells him, Hey, you are serving your function as a human. Good job. His inner nature rewards him with a sense of purpose, higher self esteem, and confidence. I know that me hitting Jeffrey didn't actually contribute to my survival. My mother wasn't actually in danger, but my emotions didn't know that. While it probably wasn't the best expression of my instinct, I still received a psychological reward. If I didn't stand up to the opposition, it would have weighed on my psyche years later. Because if I didn't get it out, it would have found its way out. Suppressed instincts pervert into destructive behavior. If not expressed somehow, the instinct remains. Like a compressed spring, it creates inner tension without release. He will feel like his inner knife needs to cut something. His inner hammer needs to bash something. Many may get to uncoil their spring through catharsis. It might be watching contact sports or action movies, consuming stories about achieving power or self-actualization. It might even be through anti-violent social justice causes. If you look at what a person chooses for entertainment, you can see what their subconscious wants to live out. But for some men, pastimes are not enough to relieve the pressure. Sometimes instinct has been suppressed for so many years that the only relief can be found in acting out. In my years of coaching men, i found many guys daydream about glory even more than sex. Fantasies about fighting and defeating a justifiable bad guy often signals that he lacks a sense of purposeful masculinity. The men I coach are possibly a more imaginative sample of the population, but I would guess that men who commit atrocities experience a similar phase of powerlessness. It starts with a hit to self-esteem nature is not an equal opportunity employer if you contribute to the furtherment of life you are rewarded with more aliveness if you don't you lose aliveness this is true for all people and life forms you use it or you lose it concretely this means a man without function gets depressed if he hasn't overcome a challenge lately he feels defeated by default the easiest way for an insecure man to stop feeling defeat is to dominate a weaker target nature did not Design men to necessarily rape and pillage, but that is one way to use the instinctive acts we're born with. It may not be ideal expression to violate others, but at least it relieves the internal pressure. In my work as a counselor, men have reached out to me for various pain points, social anxiety, sexual dysfunctions, relationship issues, even chronic fatigue. Almost always, we find that the problem is actually a, simple, a symptom of suppressed instincts. When that comes to light, these men often are afraid of what their instincts will have them do. I get that I need to express myself, he'll say, but what if my instincts, uh, instincts end up hurting someone? That's a valid concern. Unmitigated instincts can cause harm, so we start with gradual ways to relieve the pressure so they don't cause harm, i.e. hitting a punching bag instead of punching your boss in the face, or asking out your questions trying to impose sexual desires on random women. Then after some pressure is relieved, it's usually easier to find a constructive expression of that power. A guy who hasn't found a healthy expression of his instinct can feel like he's holding back a monster. But people actually need that monster. Like when Edward Scissorhands learned to cut hair, the dangerous parts of man are actually his gifts to the world. The world needs men in power. That might seem like a wild statement with 2017's ousting of men who abused their positions of power. But following the above logic, some men were overcompensating for the subjective lack of actual power. During the height of some of the sexual misconduct scandals last year, I was coaching a 22-year-old man on attracting women. He was relatively handsome, charming, and a virgin. He was convinced that somehow he's putting off women due to his internalized misogyny. He recounted a story to me about a woman who went home with him, then left angry all of a sudden. I don't understand, he said. I was so polite and respectful of her boundaries the whole time. Yeah, it sounds like she was waiting for you to take charge, I said. Oh, no, he said in an offended tone. I'd never do that. I'm a feminist. Palm a forehead. Eventually, he realized that his unwillingness to make bold moves was not only frustrating to him, it was denying women what they wanted too. In that, in that case, sex and connection. He was actually hurting her feelings by not ravishing her. That didn't mean overstepping boundaries, but it does mean being bold enough to explore within them. Because he refused to leave his comfort zone, where he was neither accepted nor rejected, all parties suffered. Many expressions of the male instinct for power can be harmful. But to make men powerless doesn't benefit anyone. Impotent men end up being self-destructive and sometimes externalize their frustration onto others. The most dangerous thing in the world is a sexually frustrated man. Leadership, fatherhood, and productivity are all expressions of the same masculine instinct to take care of business. It can be easy to get on a conscious high horse and label male tendencies as immature. But if we do that, we'll miss out on all the healthy expressions of masculinity too. Only until recently in human civilization have men actually needed to consider what was healthy expression. For most of post-agricultural male-dominated society, what some would call the patriarchy, a man's instincts were kept in check by other men. You took what you wanted for yourself until a badder man or group of men stopped you. Virtue was upheld by iron and blood. Advances in news media have paradoxically allowed us to return to an ancient policing mechanism, social approval. In small tribes, men had to act right because bad behavior resulted in ostracization. Nowadays, social media connects huge populations to police people as a tribe. But social media is flawed in that untrue ideas are so easily validated, viz. fake news. The idea that men need to be passive for others to feel safe is the opposite of the truth. Having an open heart is important, but it's useless without red blood in your veins. The best thing we can do for men in society is to encourage men to find purposeful expressions of their power. Men need it, and for as long as men exist, all of the humans need it too. That said, I didn't really need to hit Jeffrey with the basketball. If I was in my power at that age, he would have never messed with me in the first place. He picked on me because I seemed like an easy target. I don't blame him. He was acting out a nature's challenge to the weak to use it or lose it. I haven't seen Jeffrey since the crotch chop went out of style, but if I ever do, I'll thank him for giving me the chance to play out my male instinct. Violence is rarely the answer. But the truth is that that instinct that can lead to violence also leads to the highest virtues of masculinity, and I'm willing to fight about that. If you want to learn more about the masculine archetype, visit ruandocom archetype.